<laughs> Season one, let's do it. Hey, beautiful humans, you're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns so that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Do you want to be in optimal health by having better digestion, glowing skin, better sleep, and more energy? That's where I come in. I help women heal so they can own their bodies by having better digestion, cycles, and moods. My customized programs are for you if you have thyroid issues, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, acne, or other chronic conditions, and if you're committed to making the food and lifestyle changes needed in order to reach your goals. If this sounds like you, shoot me an email to schedule your free discovery call at kiaramariewellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate it. And just for everyone who doesn't know how we know each other, we were in the same uh, nutritional therapy program out in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that we met. Me, you, and your sister all got to, you know, get a little bit closer. And I'm so excited for today's episode because in the middle of our program, you found out you were pregnant. I did. I know. That was so crazy. <laughs> it wasn't obviously planned, but um, I'm just so grateful um, just for how everything's worked out. But yeah, um, I definitely was taken so by surprise because I was like I gotta finish school and then I was like no you're pregnant but I got <laughs> to finish school um but it was just a little yeah. harder than I planned but it was still <laughs> it worked out awesome so oh my god yeah and you had the support from every every one of, of our other classmates who was like just cheering you on and yeah. you yeah. know it's, yeah. it's such exciting news I mean oh yeah and we had like um, the, the program we did was so unique and that we had so many, like, just really interesting people that were, you know, genuinely cared for you, even though you just met, you know, and, um, it was just, that was a great program. And I'm so glad that came into my life. And I think it helped me so much kind of on in pregnancy that I, you know, I, it wasn't planned, but it was such good timing because it like, it really, it was like this journey that just kind of like, it makes, it makes sense looking back at it, you know, like, Oh, that's like perfect. Even though at the time I was like, you know, you have your plans in your mind of like, I'm going to do school and then I'm going to do this and this and this, but um, it was like way better than I could even plan. So. Oh yeah. And everything that we learned in that um, program, I just feel like it, 
like you're saying, it's so beneficial to your birth plan and your birth goals and everything that you wanted in your pregnancy. And, and I mean, who knows if it would have actually been like that without this program. And like you said, all in the right, the right timing. Um, so that's exactly what we're going to chat about today. Just your birth plan and how everything just worked out for you. And I, I really just, Wanted to um, preface by saying, I think I have a lot of moms who follow me and the older I get, more of my friends are becoming moms. And there's so many questions, you know, there is no guide, like step-by-step guide to how to, how to be a mom. And this is not, this is not that, this is just sharing like your experience and what's worked for you and anyone else who, you know, feels like they can gain anything from this. Um, so let's start off with what happened when you found out you were pregnant. I mean, it was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was a surprise. <laughs> I mean, I've been with uh, my now fiance for um, almost going on three years this year. And um, like, I just knew from the beginning that he was the one for me. So I was, you know, it was never a question. So uh, when it happened, I definitely like, felt some shock and fear. Like, I think we all have that because, um, you know, it's happening to you. Like, this is my body. And oh my gosh, like all of a sudden I haven't planned for this. And there's a little human in me <laughs> and like they're, um, I'm responsible for them now. And so, um, definitely like I had, you know, your initial emotional reaction of like, can I do this? Am I ready? Um, and then actually just talking my parents to my parents, that was, they were so supportive and they just were like, oh, like, why are you scared? Like, this is great news. This is exactly like what we didn't, we're not surprised. And so I was like, oh yeah, like, uh, yeah, you're right. And so that helped so much. And then of course, like my fiance was just so excited and wonderful. And um, yeah, so after that, I just, um, I was really sick for the first, like the first trimester for sure. Uh, I just throwing up a lot, like uh, very sick just felt awful, exhausted. Um, so that was really, it was trying because I went from being like really healthy and feeling really good all the time, which I definitely, I realized I took for granted. You know, I was feeling good. I was working out um, every, almost every day. Um, and I, I work at a gym too. So I'm like, I'm very active. Um, and so I went from that to being really sick. So the first trimester was super hard. Um, and then second trimester, I was, um, I was feeling really good. I worked out um, a good bit. And then third trimester, it was just like, start to slow down and felt tired. <laughs> and kind of like you get in this mental state of like nesting and prepping. And it's like, it's like you have a fight ahead of you or something like this big thing or a big test. And it's like this thing that's kind of looming over you, like it's coming. So you kind of like, or at least for me, I kind of like felt like I needed to nest and like be in my house a lot and just rest Um, so that's just what my experience was, but yeah, it was, um, definitely hard, harder than I expected. Oh my gosh. I I mean, I wouldn't know what that feels like, but I can only imagine. (laughs) And I feel like I've taken such an interest in birth and babies and how we evolve like just from day one. And even before that, Yeah, because it really like shapes the rest of your life. I don't want to say shapes, but it can, it, I don't want to say determines either. 
because <laughs> it doesn't it determine, but impact. It, yeah, it has a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. And so, because with my health journey, I, I could circle things back to way before I was even born and yeah. you know, the foods that we're eating and all that good stuff. Oh yeah. And you, you had just mentioned that you were really sick for the first trimester did. And I feel like this is something a lot of moms go through and some, some other moms like actually go through it like their entire pregnancy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was lucky Which that is... it was just the first, first trimester. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I can't imagine just being sick every single day, but um, didn't we learn something through the NTA? It was like, it had to do with like your liver and gallbladder function too. Um, I can't remember how it ties to the liver and gallbladder, but I do know it had a B fix, B, B six, uh, factor. Um, so, um, what the, the doctor wanted to give me was like a unison B six combination. Um, and I wasn't thrilled with that. And I'll be honest, I did take it in the beginning. Cause I was like, desperate like just anything to stop throwing up um <laughs> and it was um it felt like a milder like approach than like some of the other anti-nausea stuff so I did that and then I eventually just took b6 um I had these ginger chews that I used um and like water and like honestly like cold fruit was like a weird craving that actually really helped um but yeah it was like after learning so much in school um, and knowing proper nutrition, it was actually like the hardest time of my life to ever implement that because like mm. all of my normal foods like made me so nauseous and like, which is weird. Cause I was like a pretty clean eater before. And it was just like everything, like sweet potatoes, my everything, my kale, like a lot of meat actually, which I don't, you know, we were very, but we both eat grass fed pasture raised mm. meats. And, um, like even that was hard for me. So um, definitely the second trimester was easier, but the um, the nutrition aspect was was definitely difficult, more difficult than I expected, just because of like how everything made me want to throw up, basically. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, what other weird cravings did you have? Um, honestly, like fried chicken and like stuff that's like I don't eat, you know, like um, like just potatoes. I loved potatoes. So I did eat a lot of potatoes. Um, it like, for some reason helped my stomach, but, um, yeah. So like, even like Sean and I would get the air fryer out and make like fake fried chicken, like in our air fryer or French fries. And, um, but yeah, the protein was even, that was like the, probably the only protein I craved. Um, I definitely like wish I were, was able to eat more protein during my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely Mm -hmm. so important. Um, but I did take a really good thorn, uh, prenatal vitamin. Um, and so I, at least I, I always made sure that I had enough to get my prenatals in. So, um, I could at least take those and get those, um, really important nutrients, but yeah, no, it's, uh, like, it's so funny because it's like so easy for me to eat clean and healthy. And then pregnancy was like another story, but, um, I did what I could and like, I, um, I wish I could have eaten for sure a little like more protein, um, just well-rounded meals, but I kind of like it was survival mode at that point. It's like, what can I keep down today? And yeah. like not throw <laughs> up. Cause even in the beginning I was throwing up like water, like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just like that estrogen for some women is really hard to handle. Like it, your, your hormones just shoot up in estrogen and like it's um for some women it's like it's it makes you not feel good at all and some women handle it fine 
So it just, it's so again, bio-individual, like we learn in school, like it's mm-hmm. every woman is so different. Mm-hmm. And so that lasted like your entire pregnancy um, or was it just like, it was first, first trimester? Um, just and then second, I felt better. And then I had a little bit more nausea towards the end too. And, um, the third trimester, yeah, I would say probably closer to like 37 weeks. I started to get more nausea. Um, and I was just exhausted, (laughs) just so tired. And then, um, I, I gave birth at 39 weeks and I want to say like two days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was she like, pretty on time or was that even like a little early um it's a little early so um the they say just gestate the normal gestation is 40 weeks and but like again every woman's so different most first-time mothers go past 40 weeks that's like the average thing it's like usually 41 um I was a little early I just had this actually intuition that I would be like she was gonna come early I don't know why I was just like maybe she has my personality of like, let's go, let's do this. Cause I was kind of like that when I was younger. Um, and I'm still like that, but she's, um, I think she has my personality, which is scary. Um, not scary, but she's very strong willed like I am. So, um, I just had this intuition. She was going to come early and my mom was saying it too. And, um, cause I came at 39 weeks for her and, um, yeah, I, I started contracting, on Halloween and um yeah and then I went into labor and I was like I was and everyone like my midwife was like you know you're a first time mom so even if you start contracting it could be a while so I was trying not to get my hopes up but it went like it was still a long 24 hours of labor but it went faster than like I expected I thought I might be contracting longer but yeah oh my god And on Halloween too, like what a night. We definitely didn't have any crazy party plans. I think we went and like we went and got dinner. Um, I started that morning. I had the bloody show, which I don't know if you know what that is. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah. So like there's all these, we took a wonderful, wonderful birth class with the doula and she, um, you know, we learned all this stuff that I had no idea about, but um, the bloody show is kind of like that your body and your cervix getting geared up to start dilating and give birth. Um, and so I had the bloody show that morning and I was like, so excited. I was like, Oh, it's happening. And my midwife was like, you know, still chill, like relax and, you know, try and just distract yourself. Um, and then that night is when we, you know, went to dinner and everything and Sean went to bed and I was like, you know, I think if it comes soon, you need to like get some sleep. And, um, actually, no, I'm sorry he went to bed and my doula was like, have a glass of wine and relax and go to bed too. So I did, but then I woke up like awful contractions and I was like, okay, it's getting worse and worse. So I was like, I'm gonna let Sean sleep. And then I went to the couch and contracted all night, just like getting worse and worse and worse. And I like, I stayed out there till about 5am. And then I went and got Sean. I was like, wake up. (laughs) I think it's happening. Like I'm in, I can't like, even talk through them barely anymore like it's getting intense and so then he called our doula and she came over and she took me through some exercises to kind of like if Isabel was in a different position like kind of just shift her I actually don't it's such a blur to me because when I was in it I was just like oh my god yeah (laughs) it's like it's really hard to have a, a conversation and people are asking me things and I'm just like I'm in another world. Like I'm not here. I'm just like, I'm in this and it's just, you know, 
to be honest, not to scare moms, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's pain. It's, it's, you know, I did not anticipate that level of pain for sure. I was thinking like, oh, it'll, it'll just be like period cramps. Cause that's what my mom had told me before she was like, oh, it's just basically like really bad period cramps. And I was like, and my mom didn't, uh, didn't have any, um, an epidural, anything like she had an unmedicated birth. And so I was like, Oh, so it's just like bad period cramps. And so that's how it was in the beginning, (laughs) but definitely not like, not at all. Like your whole body, like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I just was so like, I think surprised by the pain too. Um, but it was, um, I think the best thing for me was the birthing tub and I haven't said yet, but we had a home birth. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was like the birthing tub was just really the best thing for the pain. I think for me, it was like, I allow it allowed me to dilate to, I think I got to seven in the tub and it was the thing that probably helped me the most. Um, But, and then 24 hours later (laughs) I had her on our bathroom floor and it was just the best. I actually, I watched um, my birth video before I came on to like get myself in that space and just like remember what I felt. Cause it's like, I'll, I cannot not cry when I watch that video. <laughs> oh my God. And you sent it to me and I cried. I mean, especially, I mean, I, like I told you, I, I follow so many like birthing accounts and stuff and I watched it on like an awe and it's beautiful, but like seeing your friend like go through it, it's just a whole different level of emotions. And I, I, I definitely cried. Um, before we get into the whole birthing um, situation and how Isabel came into this world, I want to first break down like all the terms that we've been throwing around, such as like a doula and a midwife for the people who don't know. And like, Cause I didn't know like what a doula was. Um, but then I started to learn more about them. And I was like, I definitely want a doula. At my yeah. Birth, yeah. Sure. That's so awesome that you're, you've already learned all that. I definitely didn't know any of that before. <laughs> so I, um, you know, once I became pregnant, I really like, like threw myself into like researching everything I could learn about birth. Um, just cause it was this whole world. I'd like, you know, it's not talked about a lot and it's just like, Oh, you just, you, your water break, like you see it on TV, your water breaks, you go to the yeah. hospital and you have a baby and that's it. And like, <laughs> and so, you know, it's this like thing and I'm just like, and my OB, um, which is, you know, I'll get to what is I switched to a midwife, but they like, they didn't really have that conversation with me about birth. And I'm just sitting here going, I have to do this big thing. Like, is anyone going to tell me what, like, what it's like, what to do, what to expect. And so I, I realized that and I was like, wait, this is my responsibility. Like I need to advocate for myself, Mm. be responsible for myself. And I'm going to find out everything I need to know about birth. And so I can make the best decision possible because it's not on my OB. It's not on anyone, but myself to like, to really be responsible for my health and my baby's health. And no one's going to like choose better for myself than me. So I really just threw myself into researching and I listened to tons of podcasts. Like literally every day was a podcast about birth. Um, and so I, I decided that I definitely wanted a doula. So a doula is just someone who um, they are not there to birth your baby. They're there completely to just kind of hold space for you and support you and um, kind of take you through birth. They are, they attend births. That's their job. And they're there for the mother, which is kind of a different 
take than like a traditional hospital OB kind of approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nothing wrong with a hospital birth. It just like, I knew for me, I was like, I, that's not what I want. I really want someone who's going to, you know, be there to cater to me and my baby. Um, So I, I took the birth, Sean and I took a birth class and she connected us with a doula and a midwife when I decided to transfer from OB to midwife and my midwife was just amazing um i'm just so grateful i had like the best birth team imaginable Mm. and i feel like some of the objections i may have gotten in regards to doula uh, someone may have been like oh well what about your significant other like aren't they there like holding space for you aren't they there like catering to you like why invest in a doula like what's the difference yeah for sure um you know, it's um, definitely your partner is there to support and hold space. Um, it's just like, I just found it to be such a different thing. Like Sean was so wonderful. And like, he was really my person when I was, especially when I was uh, going through transition and pushing. Um, but you have this person that you feel like has some, not expertise, but it's like, it's like having your grandmother there that's been through a bunch of births. Mm-hmm. And she's just there mm-hmm. to be like this maternal kind of like, I don't know, um, this person just to help you. And I know that sounds like, what would you need help for? But it was just everything from switching me to positions to to making me a smoothie to um, and just handling because we were at home. But um, if you're in a hospital situation, like handling the space around you of people and kind of like because Sean's also like my your partner's in it with you, too, in some way. Yeah, That's he's true. not like obviously he's not feeling the pain, but he is like, he's, he was in there with me. So he's not trying to like have conversations with people or like worry about all that stuff. So she kind of is like a director or like just helps kind of manage your, your birthing space. So, um, yeah, I mean, she was wonderful and like, and there and like Sean, you know, they were dragging him out there. Like you need to eat food because he hadn't eaten or drank or like in so long they were like yeah. and I didn't even notice because my I had my doula there too so like um just things like that like just full-on support and there for you and focused on just you and in a hospital situation I don't know what that's like but from what I've heard it's it's again managing that space and helping um make help you make decisions if you have to and talk to you like and remind you of your birth plan because usually a lot of um you do talk about your birth plan beforehand with your doula and so they're going to, if the doctor's coming in or nurses are coming in to talk to you and have you make a decision, she's going to kind of help be that, that solid voice of like, okay, here's what we wanted. And like, here's what they're saying. How can we make that meet? And, um, it, it definitely, I would imagine it would help a lot because it's so hard to t- have a conversation and like make decisions when you're in that space. It's not, you you're not in your, like, what is that? Your front frontal lobe anymore that decision making part you're not Mm -hmm. there anymore you're you're somewhere else and it's just so primal and so like raw like you're not I just you're just so human I know that sounds weird but like I felt like yeah just a human I didn't feel like Taylor I just was like I'm a human and I'm going through this and I just need to get this thing out of this little baby out of me because I swore I thought she was stuck and I looked at my midwife and I was like is she gonna come out and she's like she was just like yeah she's coming and I remember I looked at her at one point too and I was like 
I don't think I can do this. And she was like, what choice do you have? And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my sure. God, like it's good and also <laughs> awful. I was like, don't say that. I'm like, um, and I definitely, you know, I asked oh, for the yeah. epidural like already and it was already too late. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad that I, I went natural, but it's like, when you're in that pain, you just are like looking for relief. Oh my God. So, oh my was, God. Oh my God. I feel like I'm experiencing this with you like right now. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was intense. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad that you had such an incredible birth team. And I feel like one of the fears that a lot of parents might have about a home birth, you know, we're seeing more and more of this. They've been done for yeah. for centuries, and you know, um, alle- um, allopathic medicine, giving birth in a, in a hospital is actually fairly new, isn't it? Like within the last um, hundred years. Yeah, I believe like so. Um, so I watched this wonderful documentary called "The Business of Being Born." Um, I oh my god! It's, it. I even if. <laughs> you aren't giving birth, don't even want to have kids. Like it's just such a good documentary to be aware of our, cause it talks about our medical system. It's very representative of our, our medical system right now. We have a sick care medical system. And when you throw birth into that, it kind of tells, gives you the message that you're, you have a condition, an ailment, like being pregnant and having birth is this like it's like a sickness. We need to take care of you and um, help you birth and um, like teach, I don't know, not teach you, but like, you know, make you learn how to birth or teach you or, um, but it's not about, it's about being there for the pregnant woman. And like, there's a quote by um, Ina May Gaskin is another, is a very famous midwife. And she has a book um, called, what is that? Um, Oh, I just lost my train of thought. I don't remember what the name of the book is, but there's a wonderful book about um, different birth stories. And one of the quotes I remember in there was that you don't disturb the birthing mother. And so um, just, I felt like there was so much disturbance around birth, if you think about it, and so much intervention. And this this documentary really brings a lot of light to that. But um, yeah, so I, I watched that and I was just like, I don't, for me personally, I don't want that. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and there's a lot of women that have wonderful births that way. I just knew for me, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in a hospital and I, um, but with your first birth, a lot of, there's a lot of fear around it. Um, a lot of people saying, Mm -hmm. Oh, like, aren't you scared? What if something goes wrong? Yeah. Which is like Like, the last thing you kind of need to hear when you're pregnant. And there is, and and that was a big thing I learned is like, a lot of people tell you like horror stories and tell you things you're like, they're fear-based projections. Exactly. exactly. And like, and there, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of women that have had birth trauma. And so I think Mm -hmm. that they want to talk about that too, which that's totally valid, you know, wanting to speak about that. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's hard when you're in the position of like, I'm pregnant, I'm about to go do this big thing. And they're kind of like projecting that their past experiences on you or their own fears about giving birth. Um, So, and I think we all have some fears, but I do think um, kind of OB and just like um, pregnancy and birth in that, that allopathic medicine space is definitely like has a lot of fear in there. Um, So um, I just decided. Where did you? Oh, you're good. I'm sorry. Um, 
Where did you um, watch the documentary? Um, Is it like on I think Amazon it's Prime? On Amazon Prime. You... I'm pretty sure it's not like on Netflix. I think I think Netflix. I bought it or rented it. Um, but it's definitely worth the watch. Mm. And it just it kind of it goes into that history of like you were saying, um, the birthing in the hospital, how it hasn't been around that long, um, comparatively speaking to our us as our, as humans. Um, it kind of goes mm. into that and how. Um, um, obstetrics and gynecology were kind of <clears throat> developed and um, what the goal was. Um, and unfortunately, like a lot of our medical system now, it is money-based for sure. Um, and again, it's it's also about what's easiest for the doctor for the most part. I, do, I definitely mm-hmm. think there's probably wonderful OBs. Yeah. Doctors yeah, that, out there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. facilitate a wonderful birth. And there's, you know, I'm sure that happens. But if you look at the average experience um, and the average birth, there's a lot of inf- intervention, um, which usually is um, due to the doctor wanting it to go a certain way, usually. Um, again, I can't mm-hmm. speak for everyone, um, mm-hmm. but it's usually to make it a little easier and, f- and make it a little faster. Because um, I, I do yep, think that if exactly. I were in a hospital, I probably would have been induced or had some type of intervention because it was a long labor. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it, it's definitely, um, worth the watch because it's, um, like I said, it's kind of representative of our whole medical system right now. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of parents might choose a hospital over a home birth as well, because I think, you know, ever since we were little kids, we've been told you whenever you're sick, you go to the doctor and they exactly. trust your doctor. And I mean, like you're saying, like there are probably so many doctors out there who are, you know, um, really careful about these things and really want to do their job and aren't just there to just get in, get out and do what needs to be done. Um, and that is also your responsibility, like you were saying, to find that yeah. doctor if that's yeah. the route that you want to take. But um, home birthing, I think, like I said, a lot of parents might have a lot of fear if, if something goes wrong, but you just mentioned something about wanting the epidural. So I didn't even know that having an epidural at, at home birth. Oh, was no, it's option. not. I, I wanted them to take me to the hospital and get an epidural. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You were way oh, too so, oh Which God, is funny. That's so how, funny. like, not logical I was, you know, in that moment. I was just like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't yeah. know how many hours in I was. I didn't know what day it was. I was just like, just give me something to make this pain stop. Like, that's all I could think. And so I definitely asked for it, but it wasn't an option. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful it wasn't. And that's why I chose a home birth. Um, and it helped me push through that wall. There's definitely, you hit a wall. Um, and it's just like this, this point of like exhaustion and just like desperation where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just can't. And, um, it's pretty amazing what you can do and like how your mind does definitely frame, like, this is what I can do. And then like, there's this, and you block yourself from a lot of stuff you can do. And so, um, I'm, I'm so grateful and happy that I was able to do that and push through, but I definitely wanted the epidural. I just didn't have the option. Your vessel was literally created yeah. to do this. Like our, our as yes. women, like we, 
are meant to bring life into this world. So your body oh, is yeah. capable of doing it. I think, um, I mean, when you're in that moment, I mean, you're just yeah, trying yeah, to survive. That's it. Exactly. It's, it's survival. <laughs> it's just, it's so primal yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as a midwife, you know, what do they bring with them in the event that something quote unquote does go wrong and or aren't there preventative measures that you take beforehand too, like the the status status of your health and making sure like you are yes, equipped for, for sure. So it wasn't just like so many have so many people have uh, very different preconceived notions of what a midwife is. They think it's just like some hippie that just pulls up and just like, <laughs> like here, I'm going to catch your baby. And it's like, not at all like that. They go through yeah. a lot of training. Um, and she was, um, I just had a good feeling when I met her, but, um, if anyone's in the area, her name is Carrie LaChapelle Craft, and she's from Hatched at Home, and she's just so wonderful. But um, yeah, so when I decided to make the transition uh, from OB to midwife, they have um, my OB send all of my medical records to um, my midwife, and I'd already had so many visits and ultrasounds and all these things done in my OB. Um, and then she actually partners with a local doctor where she sends all her patients to get checkups. So she continuously monitors your blood pressure, um, fetal heart rate, and um, communicates with the doctor on my glucose levels, everything. So it's, it's so, it's very thorough. And I was completely checked out and I was a low risk pregnancy and um, I was healthy. So I was a great candidate for home birth. And um, I should also say that too, not everyone, you know, not everyone's a great candidate for home birth. Um, If you have a high risk pregnancy, obviously like the hospital is probably the safest place for you. But um, I just, mm-hmm. I, knowing that I was low risk and I felt healthy, just, you know, I was throwing up, but I, I felt healthy and capable. And I was like, um, I just felt like I was a good candidate. And when I met her, I just, there was just something about her. She was, she's a mom and she, um, she had this like, I don't even know. It's just an energy. When I met her, I was like, this is, this is what I want. This is it. Yeah. And I just knew right away. And so I was like, perfect. And I was so, so grateful to get with her because she's, she's very busy. (laughs) She births a lot of uh, moms around here. Um, So she, um, she continued to check up with me um, and she was there. And then um, it was wonderful too, because she let me text her and I had her phone number. And so I could text her whenever, if I was concerned, uh, when I was in, you know, started to have um, contractions, I could text her. And it was like, it was just such a different relationship than mm-hmm. I could truly mm-hmm. probably have with an uh, obstetrician. And again, the, not there's anything wrong with that yeah. model, but this was just what I needed. And it was between te- being able to text and call my doula and my midwife and just having that support. Um, it was just, there is, it was nothing compares. It was just wonderful. Amazing. And as far as high risk pregnancy, um, how do you, like, where did you ever learn anything about breech births and like, if if the cord comes wrapped around the baby's neck, like, is that considered high risk or cause I've seen yeah, like home um, births still. Like, I don't think it's considered high it risk. Means. If the cord, I actually read a statistic and I don't want to misquote it, but, um, so I won't say the number, but there was mm-hmm. a percentage that is kind of common that actually that the cord is wrapped around the neck. And, um, there are techniques that you can do if the baby is breached that your doula and midwife can do with you to actually get the baby to rotate. Um, so I do think, um, 
there might be some laws around um, home birth. I do believe there are home birth mm. laws and I should have looked them up before I came on here, but um, there are some laws around that. Um, Cause I, I know I follow, um, I think you follow to shut the kale up on Instagram. And so oh, yeah. I actually yeah. that was kind of yeah. like, I saw that she was doing a home birth and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But it was so early in my pregnancy when I saw it. And I was just like, you know, I don't know what, what we're going to do yet. Um, but it was actually like a really cool introduction to home birth is, um, through, was through her. Um, so I know, I know that her first baby was breach and, breach. um, she had him at home. And I think like it had to be a special, um, I don't know if it was a special doctor or something that delivered, but there, I think there are some laws around, um, birth. I do know that like, it's, you're not allowed to have a VBAC, which is a bacterial birth after cesareans, after a C-section. So if your first baby's a C-section baby, your second one is considered, if you go for a vaginal birth, it's considered a VBAC. And, um, I know that you can't have a home birth, at least in South Carolina, um, uh, you can't have a VBAC and at a home birth. So um, I'm not sure what the laws are for breach, but. Um, Dang, I didn't yeah. even know that. Like, I'm going to look into that for whenever yeah. I settle down, wherever I choose to settle down. Yeah, it's so it's, to me, it's kind of crazy that there's so many laws around birth, you know, like I just, um, yeah. uh, again, it's just yeah. another like part of the government kind of, you know, um, dictating, especially with women's bodies, what we can and can't do, um, which it might be for the sake of safety, uh, sake of safety. But I also think, like I said before, we're responsible for our own bodies and, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to put that on anyone else. So I'm going to do my research mm-hmm. and learn for myself. And then I'm going to make an informed decision. Mm, I agree. So, High-risk pregnancy, would that also include, like, maybe gestational yeah. diabetes? Yeah. Like, that's kind of high-risk, like, the health mm-hmm. no, Yeah, of I think so. Gestational diabetes herself. and I think preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure, um, mm. I think those two are considered high-risk. Um, I'm sure there's probably some other um, situations where it is considered a high-risk. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most common ones I know about. Um, but given that I didn't have any of that, I was just like, this is definitely what I want to do. Um, and I'm so, so grateful I did. Yeah. And I think it comes back to like how you took care of yourself before even like, um, getting pregnant, um, and how you were taking care of your body, not only physically, but I'm sure emotionally too. And you were in a happy and healthy relationship and I'm sure that totally matters and the stress in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, all of it. Um, Okay, so now we can kind of switch gears and jump into the birth (laughs) of Isabel. So, like you mentioned, um, there was a birth tub, and that was (laughs) in your bedroom, which is amazing. Like that, like I'm like looking at your room right now, and she was, you were over there, like I was over on this bed, the birthing (laughs) tub. I was all over this room (laughs) in the beginning, and then I was over in the corner, and the. It's so amazing, and it's like every time I go take a shower, I'm like. I just had her right here and it's just, um, I love it. It's so wonderful that she was like, she was born in a place of like love and calm too. Like, again, not that there's anything wrong with the hospital, but I know my anxiety goes up when I'm in a medical setting. Um, I don't know what that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. probably from past issues that I've had, you know, past like quote unquote trauma, if you want to call it from being in hospital yeah. settings. But, um, 
So for me, it's not a calm, happy place. So to have her in such a place of love and calm with my family here and Sean's family here, it's just, um, yeah, I just love that she was born here. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so incredible. So you labored with her for 24 hours. I would say the first 12 though, really weren't bad. Um, they, I was like, I was like, oh, I can do this. And then that second 12 kicked my ass. But um, (laughs) yeah, so. And and then when you actually gave birth to her, I mean, I'm sure throughout the entire labor, you were switching Mm -hmm. positions. Was there like a certain position that worked for you? And then how you actually gave birth to her versus like the traditional hospital Yeah, it definitely did not look at all like a hospital birth. Um, I did... um, a lot of um, on my hands and knees, a lot, um, kind of rocking. Um, most women find uh, like a coping mechanism, a coping thing, like a rhythm or a ritual is what our doula called it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I, I did find it would, I would, I would find a ritual in a certain position. And then I was just like, I can't do this. I need to do something else. And so I would kind of switched around a lot. Um, I, I think the I was probably the longest in the tub and um, made the most progress in the tub. And I kind of like, I was, um, you make a lot of sounds. (laughs) Like I said, it's very primal. Um, And so I was making a lot of sounds and um, in the tub, I was just kind of floating with the contraction and kind of moving my body in the water. And that was the most for me, the most like therapeutic, the, the, the best feeling uh, was like, that relief that the hot water provides, like it's just a natural, um, you know, pain relief. And then, um, just moving in the water. And then I was, um, holding Sean's hands and he was there on the outside of the tub, just holding my hands and like giving me water and putting rag, cold rags on my neck. Cause I would, I would go through hot and cold kind of like you'd have a lot of temperature Mm -hmm. fluctuations when you're giving birth. Um, holding my hair back when I was throwing up because you also throw up <laughs> in labor. <laughs> um, so just um, all of that, he was just, he was just there and my doula was just there for me doing all those things. But um, yeah, for me, the tub was definitely one of my favorite like positions, I would say. Um, so I was, I was pretty much floating. So it definitely was not in a bed um, leaning back. I was like, I was moving a lot and it's kind of like, you have this buildup of pain and you have to do something with it to like, I couldn't imagine sitting still giving birth. Cause it's just, I was like, I have to move. I have to rock or um, float or do something. Um, and then when I went through transition, they pulled, uh, I, I, I guess I had dilated almost all the way. And um, I was, I labored on my hands and knees beside my bed and all the lights were off. Um, we had candles and music. And basically just me screaming. <laughs> and, um, and then um, they did break my water at one point. Um, I was like, um, it was kind of, I kind of had slowed down. Like my labor was like, I was kind of lagging. It's kind of when I hit that wall. And <laughs> when I asked for the epidural, I was just like, mm-hmm. I was like, I need this to be done now. <laughs> and, um, so I was like, they were like, your, you know, your water's still intact. And I was like, um, they're like, we can break it if you want. And I was like, will that help? And they were like, it can maybe. And I was like, do it, <laughs> do it, do anything. So they go in with like a little, 
like it looks like a little crochet or needle or something you know it sounds weird but they they go in and they this is gonna be a graphic podcast for you um they 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 go (laughs) in and they get the bag of water and they pop it and so um you know my water broke and so I was like okay she's gotta be coming now like she's gotta come now and I um did that hurt I don't remember I want to say it might have um but I was just in so much yeah yeah you were already like like, so in it to be honest yeah it was like like, like, I'm just like I I I labored and I I know there was stuff that they told me later that I was like I didn't know that happened and like yeah it's just like I said you're in another world but I don't really remember the pain from that um but yeah, the water broke and then I was like, okay, she's got to be coming now. And I could, and then they were like, feel her and I could feel her head. And I was like, oh my God. And I was freaking out and I was like getting excited, but I was also like, (laughs) get out, like get out, like, where are you? And so, um, they finally, from there, they took me to my bathroom and I labored on the toilet. And if you, you, I'm sure you've like read a lot of birth stuff, um, but a lot of women do really well mm-hmm. on the toilet, pushing on the toilet. So when I had to, I went through transition and I had to push, they took me, cause you kind of just, you relax a little bit on the toilet. Cause it's like a natural position for you to kind of relax all your muscles. Um, I do definitely think I fought the pushing. Like I like I think the pain just hit me and I like kind of held my breath instead of like using that pain to push down and out. Like if that makes sense. Um, But Sean was like, yeah, he's just, I'm, I'm, I love him so much. And he's just a wonderful, but he, he was just like, (laughs) I don't know how he knew. He was just like helping me. He was like, push down and out with your voice, push down and out. And like, and he was just, he helped me so much. So on the toilet, that's when I was like pushing and pushing. And that's when she was like, she was coming out and I was like, Oh my God, I think she's coming. And then, um, I, then they pulled me off the toilet and they're like, she's coming. You got to get off the toilet. And I was like, no, I don't want to, I feel good here. No. And they're like, get off, get off. And so they pulled me off the toilet. And I think it was like the last push I was, I did, I thought I was going to have to push more. And she just, she just came out and I, it was so dark. And they, um, the midwife behind me caught her and they turned the light and they handed her to Sean and she's like right there. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just – and you saw the video. I just, like, just yeah, – yeah. Just, like, disbelief that you just yeah. gave birth to this beautiful baby. And then in came yeah, your mom and, and sister. Mom, yeah. and it was just so beautiful. Yeah, it was oh so God. wonderful. I just I, – I watch that video probably too much. I just love it because it's just – it was such a – it's such an amazing – I mean, I know people say it and it sounds so cliche because everyone's like, oh, birth's so wonderful. It's so amazing. There's nothing like it. But when you go through it, it's just like, um, it's just like you're, it's another worldly. It's like, it's, you can't even explain it. And it's just like the immediate love and the high you feel like you feel completely euphoric. Um, and like, mm-hmm. I don't even, like, I forgot the pain. It was just the most amazing thing ever and um I kept like trying to pull her up and hug her but my the umbilical cord was still attached so like you know they're like relax Taylor let her down a little bit but I was just like oh my god my baby finally and um yeah it's just it's amazing oh my gosh and now the bathroom is like her favorite room right 
Yeah, she's really, well, now she's getting a little sassier, but for most of her life, she's, she really is pretty calm in the bathroom. Like I, I always, Sean and I always joke that she just knows, um, cause she's, she likes that bathroom. Um, and we take our baths in there too, but I just, there's something about it. I feel like she, she must feel mm -hmm. that. Yeah, no, I totally believe it. Um, so moving on to like post-birth, um, did she latch on? Did you guys have trouble latching on? Um, yeah. Or so, um, what's wonderful about a home birth is that I was able to like give birth and be in bed, like within like a few minutes, they literally walked me over to the bed. So I'm, I was in my bed and I had, um, my midwife come and check in on me and doula check in on me in the next few days. Um, so they were helpful in helping her latch and she didn't really have a latching problem. Um, and the first few days you produce something called colostrum, um, which is not mm -hmm. your first milk. It's not, it's not the white milk that we all think of breast milk. It's actually like kind of has a yellowish tint and it's very thick and it, um, it's all your baby needs in the first few days. And it's chock full of like, just nutrients and um I think it has antibodies too people buy it now, yeah right? like people buy I think like goat's colostrum <laughs> I think I don't know if they buy human yeah. I don't know I I know they even buy human breast milk because it's so has so many nutrients Nutri and mm -hmm. um so yeah I had the colostrum and everything was going it was going well um and like I said, I had my midwife coming in, doula coming in, watching her latch. They're like, she's good. But um, what's great about my midwife is that she also works in conjunction with a lactation consultant and like postpartum support. There's a support group and everything, um, which um, I feel is like it's just such a lacking thing we have in our traditional system of like that postpartum support, which is kind of crazy during pregnancy. You have so much support, so much like checking so many people checking in on you and then you have the baby and it's like see ya like go home or you know you have this baby and you got to figure it out but um I was really lucky to to have that you know the lactation consultant so um when my milk came in I think it was like three days later it was just like painful like you don't want like your boobs just like hurt like it's just they fill up really fast and they're really it's just very uncomfortable and so I was like I had heard all this stuff about mastitis. So I was like, oh, it's so painful. It must be mastitis. Mm -hmm. So I was freaking out. And I was like, oh, no, like, I need to talk to lactation. And that's, that's when the like the, the milk hardens, right? And it creates like, yeah, it's like, like clogged ducts, I think. It's yeah, clogged and yeah. It's, um, it gets really red, really painful, um, just like some of the worst pain. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know if I was being a baby or if it was just extra painful, but like the milk came in and it was just like, Oh my God, this hurts so bad. I must have mastitis. So I, um, I got in touch with the lactation consultants and they came and told me like, it wasn't mastitis. It was just my milk coming in really like it comes in fast and hard basically. And so, um, but they were there to kind of watch her nurse because there are a lot of babies that have trouble latching and, um, you know, breastfeeding is so beautiful and it is, I do think it is natural for us, uh, for sure, but it's so much harder than I anticipated. I think there's, you know, um, there's not enough support for sure for women, um, postpartum that want to breastfeed. Um, there's definitely a big push for like, oh, if you can't feed, just do formula. And there's not a lot of support. Like, let's figure out why you can't breastfeed or why are you having problems, um, mm -hmm. which is what the lactation consultants did for me. Um, and mm -hmm. so they figured out that she did have a tongue tie. Um, she has a high palate. 
And um, so, um, which basically the tongue tie is just that frenulum underneath your tongue is shorter mm-hmm. um, than than what it needs to be basically for her to be able to properly um, cup my nipple with her tongue and, um, you know, suck the correct way. And so instead she was gumming me, like she wasn't using her tongue. She was using her gums. So I started to have problems. I think like two, three weeks in with nursing, um, because babies are born with some, I think it's called elastin in them. It's this hormone that makes everything really flexible and like, and it's part of like them being able to birth more easily and it makes Mm -hmm. them a little bit more like flexible and everything. Um, but when that hormone starts to go away that, you know, you're going to have more problems with that frenulum, it kind of like that elastin goes away. So it's not as, She's not as easy. She can't just stick it out there. It becomes a little bit more taut. So um, they um, they monitored me and they suggested that we do a tongue tie revision. So we did that and um, you have to do stretches and all this stuff. And that was just awful to have to get this brand new baby's mm. little tongue laser. Yeah. Um, and that was traumatic for me. I was like bawling. It was awful. But um, I knew I felt like that gut thing that like, I, I think we need to do this because I don't want to keep nursing and being in so much pain that I can't last. Like I really want to nurse her for at least a year. So if I want to get there, I'm going to have to do something. So, you know, Sean and I, you know, molded over and it, it, we didn't want to, but we felt like it was the rightest, the right thing to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm so grateful we did. Cause now she's like, I love nursing. She loves it. And yeah. she's all healed up and I'm not crying in pain when I nurse anymore. So, um, but it's just another part of just like pregnancy, birth and postpartum that we lack a lot of support for moms. And um, I was just lucky that I just, I decided I was like, I'm going to go out and seek it out. Cause it's just not, it's just not part of the traditional system. Um, so I sought that out and I was really grateful for all those people that really helped me. And the other thing I wanted to touch on is the umbilical cord um, past birth. Did you, I mean, Sean cut it, right? Yeah, we did delayed cord clamping, um, which basically just lets the the umbilical cord pulse until it's done pulsing because uh, the placenta is, is the only organ that you grow, which is crazy. Um, it's this whole organ you grow. Like how crazy is that? Like we're born of organs and women just grow an organ and a baby, which that's bizarre, but, um, it's just, it's pretty cool. So, um, it was, it was still attached to the placenta and that, that blood was still, um, pumping. So once it goes flat, um, that's when we did the, the cord clamping and Sean did that. And then, um, once they did that, he, they took and they, uh, they took her and gave him, gave her to him and he did his skin to skin. And, um, while they had to take me in and you still have to deliver the placenta after, which I did not, I realized that obviously once I was in birth class and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. So you get this baby out and you have to push again. And like, yeah. um, but it, yeah. And so they took me to bed and I had to deliver the placenta. Um, but we did do the delayed cord clamping, which basically just like that, that blood is so like, it's so good for them. And it's just like, it's giving that extra, like, you know, I don't know the me- the medical, like, like the medical reason for that. I can't remember all of that, but I do know it's just so good for them to get to let it go flat and let it stop pulsing. Yeah, it's like nutrient rich almost for them. Um, 
I'll have to do more research on that too. But the skin to skin with dad, what are the benefits of that? Because I mean, baby, I mean, did she do it with him first or did she did it with you first technically? Yeah, kind of like, cause I kind of grabbed her and just like put her on me. It was holding her. Um, but once they did the everything with the cord and like I had to deliver, they gave her to dad. So he, he sat on the bed with her and had a shirt off and just put her on him. Um, there are definitely benefits. I think they do, you do release oxytocin and there's a lot of hormones that dad and baby get. Um, I know it's with bonding. Mom, uh, yes. So bonding. Um, and you definitely get there. It's pretty cool with mom. There's, there's definitely more that happens, um, hormone wise and chemically with you both. I know like, um, I think they said when you do skin to skin with your baby, like it, it actually um, monitors their blood glucose and their temperature. Like you can, like it, like it's pretty amazing just that that bond you have with your baby, which makes sense yeah. they were in you. But like you can, you're just skin to skin with them does so much. Um, I know with dad, it doesn't do do that same stuff, but there is so beneficial and it just releases so many good hormones and bonding um, chemicals for them. And so, um, I didn't actually know this, but they told me after that he was bawling and I was in such a blur that I didn't get to see it, which makes me so sad because I wish I like had a video or something, but they said he was just, you know, bawling, just holding her and, um, and he's just, yeah. And they have such a wonderful bond and, um, yeah, it was just, it was wonderful. It was great. Uh. Is there anything else that you think we should know, like about like just within, um, you know, right after birth? Any anything else that you did that think. was special? Um, we delayed her first bath, which is and uh, which is a lot. Uh, even oh, yeah. uh, mainstream medicine hospitals are delaying the first bath because they they come out um, encoded vernix. Yep, exactly, vernix. It's um, a vernix, it's, right? Um, it's actually antimicrobial, <laughs> and it's like it's so good for them and. Um, so you really want to like leave that on as long as possible. And, um, so we definitely, we delayed her first bath. I want to say like a week or, um, and you, uh, a lot of people do shorter, longer. Wow. I think we did, I want to say we did like a week. Um, and, um, but she like, it sounds weird, but the hormones you have, like, I love the way she smelled and she loved the way I smell. We both smelled like very unique and I could tell when the smell went away, but like right after birth, it's like all these hormones and scents that are just like, just so euphoric, so amazing. It's sort of soap did you use? Um, did you we use did like a all? little bit on like a tiny, she was so tiny. She was six pounds. And like, I look at videos of her first bath and we just did it. Like they have these little soft flower inserts for your sink, um, these little, um, baby bath things. And so we uh, first did her, uh, first bath in the sink. Um, and I think I can't remember, I think we want, I used the honest company, um, bath stuff. But since then I actually, now that I've, you learned so much when your mom, like I didn't know what I was doing. I probably would have just taken a bath with her, which is what we do. We kind of do that now on the regular, like she loves it. She nurses in the bath and she, and it's just like this thing that oh we we're already very, very connected and very attached, but it's just another thing that we do that just like, she's just like my little person. I just, I, I can't get enough of her. And she's, I will say she's pretty obsessed with me. She's pretty, she has some definitely like, um, attachment, like, or, uh, what's that called? Uh, what's that called? Separation anxiety, <laughs> separation anxiety a little bit, you know, oh, okay. um, which we're dealing with right now, but we, uh, I think we just do so much and she's nursing all the time, but 
Um, yeah, I probably would just take a bath with her now that I'm like comfortable doing that. I probably would have done that in the beginning. Um, and we now we use like uh, this attitude uh, uh, brand uh, soap, uh, which is just like a really clean uh, okay. baby shampoo. I I basically was given so much wonderful stuff before she was born from the baby showers. But then when she was born, I started to do a little more research into products. I use the EWG's website to look for non-toxic baby mm-hmm. products, basically. And the Honest Company isn't bad, but this Attitude mm-hmm. Soap is just like, it's just a little bit cleaner. So we use that um, baby shampoo. And um, we usually I usually put Epsom salt in the bath and I just get in with her and uh, we just nurse and she we play and and she loves baths oh my god I love it so much you guys are so like bonded it's amazing (laughs) yeah oh yeah I know Sean's like she needs to learn how to be without you and I and she does and but she's so she's so good with Sean but she's definitely like a mama's girl right now and I think it definitely is from nursing so much she nurses a lot <laughs> and she's a good eater so I definitely that adds to that yeah, bond for that we sure. have for sure and that's not to say that non-breastfed babies don't it's just like it's just this thing that you do like so often throughout the day where I'm just holding her and looking at her and she just she just wants me and she she sees me as her food and life source. Mm-hmm. So um, it definitely does do something. Absolutely. Um, and then moving on to like doctor's visits and stuff, because that isn't something that she was ever exposed to like from the beginning. So, I mean, do you guys do checkups? How does that work? Um, yeah. So we... Um... We did take her to the doctor, I think, like, three days after she was born because they thought she might be jaundice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we did have to get her bilirubin tested. Um, So I I hated that I did have to take her to the doctor so soon, but I did want to be careful. And um, we just went ahead and did sun her in the meantime until we found out. But her bilirubin was fine, and she just kept nursing, and it just helped flush all that out. But um, since then, I did do, like, a checkup because she was – she had a cough and I got freaked out because <laughs> you're, when you're first, you're a new mom, it's just like, everything's just like, is she okay? Yeah. Is that okay? Like you're just, you all of a sudden have this little person and like, I have to make sure she stays alive and healthy. And so, um, I, I think I took her to a few in the beginning just cause I was nervous, but, um, we really honestly don't do a ton of doctor's visits. Um, I'm, I'm, she's healthy and she's happy. And I do weight checks with, um, our lactation consultant because there is a um, postpartum support group that I go to um, once a month right now with everything happening yeah. with coronavirus. I haven't been able to do that, but um, that's, that's how I kind of had been doing her checkups and um, just kind of letting her be and letting her grow into a healthy little person. Cause I just, I believe that's we're we're made to do this. We're made to give birth to babies and, and just nourish them. And, and unless they're, you know, sick or exposed, I don't, to something dangerous, I don't, I don't like to take her to the doctor a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. And what are the laws? Right. There aren't any right now, now, um, thankfully. um, vaccinations. So, yeah, it's it's one of those touchy subjects. (laughs) Vaccinations is just, it's so, um, so controversial. Um, and a lot of people kind of mm-hmm. stick to their, it's like an mm-hmm. ideology almost instead of like kind of objectively looking at facts. Um, it's very, um, triggering for people. And it's just like, um, this is what I believe. And it's almost like a belief system at this point. So, um, I try not to promote, uh, approach anything like a belief system and just look at like 
again, research and dive into facts. So um, we really did a lot of research, a lot of reading, and also like, I think there's a lot to be said for your intuition and gut, like feeling like, like, I think we tend to ignore that a little bit, you know, and um, so Mm. when it came down to deciding on uh, vaccinations, Sean and I talked a lot, and of course, we have to be on the same page, Um, but our gut feeling was that it wasn't for us and not for her um, for a lot of reasons. Um, um, one, the I don't know, a lot of people don't know about the excipient list, but that's um, the list of ingredients other than the antigen that's in the vaccine. And most of the excipient list for vaccines contain formaldehyde and a ton of aluminum, more than the allowable amount for an infant, um, aborted fetal cells, um, a lot of stuff that I, I just, um, my gut told me she's an infant that was just born to this world. I don't want to, you know, attack her immune system right away with this, this large dose of these things. Um, and then, and not, I don't know. And there are some people that do fine with vaccinations, but I also have read a lot about the negative reactions and the vaccine injuries. Um, so I just kind of, Again, kind of like I did with birth, I kind of just went down that rabbit hole of like figuring out what we wanted to do. And we've decided to not vaccinate her. Um, And it's a scary, to be honest, as a mom, it's a scary thing to talk about because there's a lot of like backlash you can get for that, Um, that, you know, you don't care about your baby's well-being all that stuff. And it's like, it's actually quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very concerned for her well-being. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I only want her to have optimal health her whole life. And um, I just, um, based off of everything I've learned, it's just not something we want to do. And again, I don't, I think I should push my beliefs on anyone. All I do is like, you should look into it yourself. Like you look at the facts and the science and the articles and you make your decision. Um, So that's where we're at with that. But um, we're grateful that South Carolina doesn't have any mandatory vaccinations. Um, you have, um, I think religious exemption and that's, um, I, fortunately we're not at that point yet of like worrying about schools and that kind of thing, but it's definitely something we've talked about. Um, now given the current climate of everything that's going on, it is something that's scary and we're thinking about and that's, um, concerning for sure. Um, just because even if you do believe in vaccinations, I don't think anything should be with your body should be mandatory at all. I don't think uh, anyone should have the right to say, um, you have to put this in your body. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something right now. It's a, it's a little scary. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's really hard to ignore the science when you really look at it and the research. And I, I mean, this whole episode is just, it's so, I don't even know the word, but I've gotten into this side of things because of my health journey. And this Mm -hmm. also includes like vaccinations and, Mm -hmm. you know, the health of my future children and how, you know, the schedule has just gotten so lengthy in comparison (laughs) to what our parents may have gotten when they were babies for sure. So there's just been more and more that's been tacked onto it. Um, so it is definitely something to question. I, I feel like anything in this world, we, we should we should exactly. question and we hold that level of responsibility for not only ourselves, but like future generations for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, that's definitely my take on it. I don't, I don't 
expect to convince anyone to not vaccinate their kids or to, um, or to vaccinate. You know, I'm not trying to sway anyone when I talk about this. It's just, um, I think everyone should really look into it. I think, um, I believe in informed consent. And I think in our medical system, informed consent is something that is so overlooked and so like neglected. Um, or in terms of anything when it comes mm-hmm. to your body, I think um, most pharmaceuticals, there's not truly informed consent. Like um, they give you inserts, uh, the inserts for vaccines, but who really reads those? Like mm-hmm. who goes and looks at the ingredients and what do those ingredients do to your body? Like mm-hmm. it's not this, um, I think it's just looked at this, the benign, wonderful thing that the government's protecting us, you know, but um, I think even if that is, why not look into it? And like figure out what am I putting into my body? Um, what am I putting into my baby, brand new baby's body? Um, and is that going to help her or hurt her? And like what actually help it happens at a biological level when you do that? You know, um, what, how does the immune system work? And like how does it respond when you do that? And, um, you know, I'm not an expert on the immune system by any means. Um, I have learned, you know, we've learned a lot in school. Um, but I, I do, I, I read and I like look into it and I listen. Um, I read PubMed articles. These are PubMed articles. These aren't like crazy, like this anti-vax <laughs> website yeah. that has like this, this happened to my daughter, which those are a lot of those stories, but um, these are PubMed articles. And there's an actually wonderful doctor, um, Dr. Thomas Cowan. I think I sent you his stuff. Um, he talks about just the science of the immune system and how to vaccinate nations alter that and what can happen um and so for us that just wasn't a risk we were worth uh, we we're willing to take mm-hmm. um so again i just encourage everyone to advocate for yourself research learn um because that's the wonderful thing about nowadays like you don't have to be a doctor to read the article the doctor reads like you don't have to be any expert to do your own research and learn, which is so wonderful about the internet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of negatives about the internet, but it's, it's a wonderful thing that we have right now that I'm a, you know, you, I'm able to go and look at um, what are, what are the side effects of this mess and what are, what can happen if this, you know, what are the possibilities? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, we have to look about, um, at like the root cause and like why these things maybe take place in the first place, like why our babies get sick, um, mm-hmm. which could also be a side effect of these vaccinations for sure. Mm-hmm. Ear infections. I mean, just the constant thing. Yeah. Cause when we're, when we're born, we're almost born with this leaky gut. Like we're just so fragile. Mm-hmm. And so these things can seep into the blood vein, blood brain barrier so much faster than we actually think. And the, the mercury and like how that, um, replicates into like a different form of mercury like so quickly Mm -hmm. um so it can transition to that side of the brain but the immune system is just created a strong immune system I feel like it's just created at birth oh for sure for sure and like all the nursing that you're doing is just amazing and I think we have to start there. And like, I know you're going to start looking into foods for Isabel. Yeah. And when that time comes, I know you're going to probably be like really strategic about it. And I'm excited to hear about that too. Like, Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we actually did start, Oh, what was that? Two weeks ago. Um, her oh, party, really? Yeah. It was, I, I haven't posted, I meant to post a cute video on Instagram, but <laughs> <laughs> cause it's adorable. But, um, 
we started with meat stock and bone broth, um, which helps, like you mentioned, seal that that intestinal permeability, um, that leaky gut, um, and help prevent future food allergies. So that was really important to us. And then we are doing a very, um, I don't want to say strict, but um, a methodical approach to weaning her own foods. Um, we're actually using the Weston A. Price model, um, which, you know, we both love Weston A. Price, but yeah. <laughs> um, they have such, they have such wonderful resources. Um, and they have like a, a nourishing baby um, kind of weaning uh, suggestion, schedule, guidelines kind of thing. Um, I also got um, Sally Fallon Morell's book, Nourishing, I think it's Nourishing Baby or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And, we got the one for school. It was like Nourishing Traditions. Yeah, so she so, has one for babies. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I got that book and I'm just trying to learn as much. But basically we're starting her with animal foods first. Um, the broths we're going to do still for a few more weeks to make sure she gets all that good collagen and gelatin. And um, just adjust because all she's had up until this point is breast milk. <laughs> so just adjust that. She does love it. Um, all I put is like chick. Um, I made chicken bones, uh, one with a chicken carcass, and then salt and water. Basically, keep it really simple. Um, I did put a little butter in there, and then um, she had another meat stock that was just like meat, salt, and water. Um, and so just really like basic, and just want to build from there. Um, but yeah, like. I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing what I feel is best. This isn't to say like, this is the perfect way of doing things. This is just what, based off of everything I've learned and like, I feel is the absolute best for her. Um, so that's mm -hmm. how we're going to do it. We are going to be pretty, you know, I guess I do want to say strict within the first year or two of her life because it's such an important base for the rest of her health. And so, um, yeah, we are going to, you know, we're talking to our parents and about what foods we're going to give and um, why she can't have this and why she, why we're going to do it this way. Um, but you know, I, again, I'm lucky that Sean is just, um, he's so open to learning and, um, he does, you know, it's not just me making all these decisions. I, he, we both look into it and we talk about it and, um, he's just so on board and we just, we, we have a very similar, uh, viewpoints on life. So it's, it's, I'm very lucky. I'm very grateful that we can meet in the, um, on these subjects. Yeah. It's so important to have a partner on the same page. Otherwise you guys are going to be butting heads and that's more stress on you and baby for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I love how you're building those foundations for her. It's like, it's so vital yeah. for the immune system, um, just on a scientific level. I mean, why, I mean, it's hard to think that, you know, the foods that are highly processed or maybe a little bit more convenient, um, are better for the immune system than just good homemade food, you know, made with love. Yeah. 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 And just kind of like how we've been meant to eat for most of human history. Like our, our modern Western diet is just so, still so new in regard in like, in terms of like how you look at the human mm -hmm. history. And um, I do think it's why we have such a rise in disease, like chronic disease, like we've never mm -hmm. seen before, but um yeah, I just, I want us to eat like the most, what makes the most sense for our human body. I know that sounds weird to say, but like we're eating this way because this is how we're kind of meant to eat is what I believe. Um, and I, you know, again, I'm not an expert, but I have done so much reading and we went to yeah. school <laughs> and uh, this is, that's what I've learned. So um, yeah, I just, um, 
that's that's how we're gonna do it. And I'm 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 yeah. so excited too because you know I wasn't my parents did such an amazing job and loved me so much, but they just didn't have access to information like I do. And so I um I wasn't able to eat like that. You know, I ate a very standard American diet for so long, and I do think of maybe a lot of disease uh, not that I've had chronic disease but um health problems of mine could have been prevented for sure and so I just want to give her the best possible foundation I can give her based and just take advantage of the information that I have and and give her that so that she has a really good chance of being really healthy and and just having optimal health and happiness like because if you're not healthy you're not going to be happy Mm, yes so well said I couldn't agree more um well, we we talked about so much today, Taylor. Is, is I know, there, and I still could talk know, about so much. <laughs> is there anything else that you think we should leave the listeners with? Um, I don't. You know, I made all these notes, and <laughs> there's just so much to talk about. But I think the biggest thing would just be like, you have to be your own advocate for health and birth and every and just in every aspect of your life, and um. Yes, it would be wonderful if everyone else was looking out for your well-being, but at the end of the day, they're really not. You have to be responsible for that and 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 for your family. And so I would just say, like, don't take anything I've said as like, this is the way to do it. And I'm absolutely right. And I know everything. It's just um, go in and do your own research, learn, and then you make your own informed decision. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing with birth is just you have to it has to be what you want and what you your gut tells you is right because it can't no one else can tell you that. Um, And birth is a special, very sacred thing that we kind of um, I don't think we we honor it as much as we should. Um, And so, like, if you're pregnant and you're expecting a baby, like honor yourself and your truth and like what you feel is right. And, um, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise, like, and, and learn and just be open to, to information. And, and I think that you can't go wrong that way. I love that so much. (laughs) Um, well, you are on the human experience podcast and I do like to ask all of my special guests to, to answer one last question. And that is what makes you human? (sighs) Oh my gosh, that's a deep, that's, that's a heavy one. Um, it makes me human. Um, I guess um, something I heard the other day is that I, I have the option of not being here, of not being alive. And I know it sounds weird, but like um, I have the option, like my life is such a gift. Like I don't have to be alive. Like I should be soaking up every moment and just like when so when that person said that I was just like oh my god like I get to be in my house I get to play with my daughter I get to kiss my fiance um and there's an option not to there's an option that I could not be here and so the fact that I'm alive is just a really really wonderful thing that I don't think we think about enough and um I try to, I'm trying to work on remembering that, especially in the stressful days when you get caught up in like the silliness kind of, of your, your trivial everyday things of like, I've got to get here. I've got here. And before you know it, you've had a stressed out day and it's like, but why you're alive? Like you're breathing and you, I have a house and I have a family. Like 
why would I feel stress? And so it, um, I think it just brings me down to the primal level of just being alive and being a human mm. and just, I'm just, I'm just a human <laughs> and I just want to like be happy and enjoy the, the life I have and just the breath that I get every minute is just such a gift. And I, I can't waste it by being stressed or being upset or, and of course that's not to say I don't, I definitely get those things, but I have to bring myself back to that of just how lucky am I to just to breathe and to kiss my daughter and to, to see you see out of my eyes and to walk and just all these things. It's just, we're just humans. And, and it's funny because being with Sean has, he's just, he's a very special person. And he, um, he's taught me so much about that. And he's like, he says, we're, we're animals. We're not, we are human. Yes, but we're just animals. We're just going around trying to, Mm. to eat and live. And if you go back to that level, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's so much of a more beautiful, like happy way to live. Like you're just so much more grateful and you're just like, Oh, I'm just in this house eating and laughing. And it's like, it's just, it goes to such a basic level of that. I think we just, we miss so much. And, and, and it's hard to remind yourself of that because we do get caught up in the phone and the driving and the work. And it's like, but if you bring yourself back to that level, it just, and you feel human or animal, it's just like, it's just wonderful. Like life's just so great. Wow. I love that so much. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> I know, Sean. Yeah, I know. I really owe so much of like who I am now to Sean. He's just, he's a, an extremely special person. Um, I just wouldn't have the life I have if I hadn't met him. And um, I, I'm grateful for him every, every single minute. And I just can't, can't express my love for him enough. Well, I can feel it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the show. I know, like, thank you for being vulnerable and just like opening up and sharing the, your experience and just helping other moms or any any woman or even man who wants to be a dad one day. I mean, this is all such great and vital information. And I think, like you said at the end of the day, this is so important for us to just be our own advocates when it comes to our own medical freedom. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for having me on. I just, I always love talking with yeah. you. We always have great conversations I, I and, know. um, and I love your podcast and I've listened <laughs> to it. And so I was so excited when you asked me, but, um, yeah, thank you so much. I had a great time. No, thank you so much, Taylor. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please remember to leave a review or a rating if this resonated with you in any way or share it with a loved one. Um, Until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.